hallelujah anyhow. I'll never let my troubles get me down. Whatever the problems of life may bring, I'm going to hold my head up high and sing. Hallelujah anyhow. Maybe we should sing a couple of bars of that. We need to lower it though. That may work. Hallelujah, anyhow. I'll never let my troubles get me down. What? I'm not with you. What's that? What's that? Hallelujah, anyhow. I'll never let my troubles get me down. Whatever the problems of life may bring, I'm going to hold my head up high and sing. Hallelujah, anyhow. Maybe we need to raise it. Hallelujah, anyhow. I'll find it in a minute. I'll never let my troubles get me down. I'm going to hold my head up high and sing. Hallelujah, anyhow. I'm saying hallelujah, anyhow. I'll never let my troubles get me down. Whatever the problems of life may bring, I'm going to hold my head up high and sing. Hallelujah, anyhow. Feel like I'm at Mickey Gillies. Praise the Lord. Amen. Wish I had my guitar with me. Not really. I I would like in the interest of our time, your time this evening, to go straight to the Word of the Lord. And I want to talk to you about strategies for your success. I I, sometimes our subject titles and so on um, are just... People just say, oh, well, I guess I need to know that. But nearly everybody wants to know about success and miracles and, and growing. So I'm tying as many of my titles to that uh, so that we can see when we practice certain things that there is an improvement in our life. So we begin in John, the 15th chapter. John, the 15th chapter and verse 7. And Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Then, second reading, please, from James, the second chapter, verse 20. James 2, verse 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Strategies for your success, you may be seated, the Lord bless you. My apologies to Brother James Hughes that I did not recognize him this morning. I know he was fine about that, but I wasn't. Please forgive me. <clears throat> and any other ministering brethren that are here, God bless you. I'm happy to again to be here tonight with cousins and friends. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> now, uh, here's the thing. <clears throat> Uh, There are so many of us that have been raised and the theology has been developed of fatalism, that what will be, will be. But I was raised to believe that we can change things. 
The Old Testament is full of opportunities and examples of people who changed things. They did not accept the status quo. They did not accept what was handed to them. They believed that God was powerful, and they believed that God had given them the right and the opportunity to change things in their life. I believe that. I hope there's one or two here tonight that believe that. Not just in concept, but in practice. We in Pentecost in many places have embraced and continue to embrace the concepts of victory. But I found that there is a slight discrepancy between the concept and the practice. We have learned how to buoy our spirits up with nice songs, rhythms, soulful singing, and so on and so forth, and loud preaching and good preaching and orations and things. But when the rubber meets the road, we come up short, if you will. I don't think that's the will of the Lord. I don't think he wants to come up short, us to come up short of anything that he has demonstrated and displayed in his word he wants us to partner with him he wants us to join in with him in the effort of seeing him manifest in the world seeing him manifest in our daily lives that is my belief and that is what i am holding to and it has worked for me uh, we used to hear, and of course we remember in yesterday, uh, yesteryear the story of Brother Kilgore, how he climbed into the attic at what Paris, Texas, and and or wherever he was, and uh, and kicked the chair over so no one would think to look up there, and he stayed up there for some time until he felt something develop on the inside of him and was assured that he had changed what was lacking in the church that he pastored. Uh, right after that, it's my understanding, if my memory serves me partially correct, that there was a revival that broke out. You, this church, are in a strategic place to affect much in this city. God has positioned you in a primary location. You are here. You have a new facility. There is no reason except us choosing to change things that we would miss out on what God has for us. It is time for Holy Ghost baptism on a wholesale basis. It is time for miracles to break out in every place. It is time for the miraculous to take place on your jobs. We don't need to wait until an anointed minister comes. You have the Holy Ghost. Begin to work it begin to think it, begin to embrace it, and do it. I want to give you two things for our strategies that you and I can easily do. I am always looking for an easier way. Anybody with that? I want an easy way. And the Lord is not going to chide us or chastise us 
for, you know, looking for something. Lord, how can I do this? What is, what is something that is easy for me to do, to do? What is something that is not complicated? I can't, I can't deal with a whole lot of complication at one time. And so how do I do this? The first strategy that you will find was in our initial scripture reading of John 15, 7, where Jesus said, abide in me. If you want to walk in a greater spiritual dimension, if you want to walk in a greater happiness, joy, miraculous, whatever the case may be, greater finances, whatever it might be, the Lord covered all of, covers all of that in His Word. He wants us to have more money so that we can bless, send missionaries out, bless people we meet, and still enjoy life to a certain degree ourselves. Malachi, the third chapter, tells us if we bring the tithe into the storehouse, that he would open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we would not have room enough to receive. Did he say that? All right, then why do we still have room? We in Pentecost need a measuring reed. We need to take that reed with us, that ruler when we come to the word of the Lord. And if you see in the scripture, don't just see the commandment, but stand in there for the fulfillment of the reward for following the commandment. So if you still have room in your bank account, go back to Malachi 3 and say, Lord, what's up? Y'all out there, you gone home. It's time to ask him. If he said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and they're not recovering, we need to ask him. What am I missing? It's like the preacher in his boxer shorts and t-shirt. The Lord said, dance at 2 a.m. in the morning. Your daughter will be healed. Well, it wasn't in just a little. He had to pick them up and put them down. That was a special commandment. The Lord will give you special, specific commandments that are not necessarily seen in a one commandment that he gives you to receive a reward. I am all about rewards. I just am. I put uh, a large charge uh, that I had to to pay for, and uh, I use a Marriott card. And every dollar goes for points, for rooms. So the lady said, are you sure? I know what it was. It was my taxes and the county courthouse. She said, are you sure you want to put this on here? I said, I'm sure. I said, get me another free night at Marriott. It was that or write a check. Check, I don't get points. Credit card, I get points. I'm all about rewards. I like to go and put my name out there, and they say, yes, sir, you have plenty. I'm like a titanium-level guy with Marriott. I like that. I like rewards. And if Jesus said that there are rewards for obeying and following his word, then I should not be guilty in insisting on the reward. Where did this come from that... 
I should be humble and just accept whatever comes in my life. That is not, I'm a king's kid. I am a child of the sovereign one in heaven. And he has given me explicit promises that if I will do certain things, I will receive certain things. And if I am not receiving them, I'm coming back to him in a humble way, in a reverent way, but in a faithful way to say, sir, what have I missed? So our first strategy here is John 15, 7, and it is this, saturate. Saturate. If you abide, if you live, if you stay, if you encamp in me, saturate. Saturate yourself in his presence and in his word. These are very simple. They will always work. If you will work them, if you will follow them, they will work. Saturate yourself in the promise. And it's good to find a single promise. When you're starting out, find a single promise that you need fulfilled in your life. And focus on that. Fill your spirit with every scripture that points to you receiving what you need in your life. If it's healing, healing is promised. Healing is paid for. It is. It's there. Do you need a tissue? Come get you a tissue. Healing is here. Holy Ghost is here. Peace is here. It's already in the box. It's already there. But you need a tissue. Come take. You need a tissue. You need a tissue. Come on. You get the point? It's in the book. And if it's in the book, it's in the bank. Do you know how to make withdrawals on your account? Do you know what's required? Do you know how to do that? Do you know how to go to an ATM machine? Do you know how to write a check for cash? Do you know how to request it over the phone? Do you know how to do that? If you know how to do it and the money is in the bank, then you can leave with what you require. Jesus has deposited it. The Holy Ghost is poured out. It is my, it is my feeling that whatever gift we need, it is already in us by virtue of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And I explain it like this, that there are very large programs. I once 
bought a very large Bible study program. And I saw that there were many, many things within that program that were available. You got the basics, but then if you needed more, you sent them a little money. They'd give you a key code. You plug it in, and it would unlock that that was already in the program on your computer. The, oh, God. The Holy Ghost is in me. The nine fruit of the Spirit are in me. My flesh may be interdicting their display, but they're in there. And I just need to cooperate and saturate myself with the fruit of the Spirit, with the idea of the fruit of the Spirit. And as I am saturating myself in His presence, He is affecting me. He is touching me. He is seasoning me. He is, He is doing a reordering in my psyche, if you will. He is doing that. He is at work. He is changing things around so that I, by the power of the indwelling Spirit, can produce the fruit of the Spirit. Same for the gifts of the Spirit. The nine gifts are in there. Are we okay tonight? So while I'm saturating, I'm saturating, let's say it's the gifts of the Spirit. I, I had that. You know, you know, a lot of us were raised around. There were people in the church that prophesied and spoke, gave tongues and interpretation. And a lot, a lot of us around and we were wondering, how... How you do that? What do you feel? Do your ears wiggle right before you do it? Or does your nose twitch and itch? Uh, what, what do you feel? How does that happen? And it's not good enough to say, oh, well, the Lord hasn't given me a gift, and so therefore I don't operate. The apostle instructed us to covet. The best gifts. He also instructed us, do not be ignorant concerning the gifts. And they are divided severally to every man as he wills. But as I hunger for their manifestation and operation, it seems that he goes along and says, I will if you will. You can sit around and have it once a year. Or multiple times a year. You desire it. You saturate yourself in it. You saturate yourself in it. You saturate yourself in it until you dream about it. Until that's all you can think about. Because when that happens, the next step is going to come. And that is activation. Second step is activation. Second step is activation on what you have been saturating in. And that is faith without works is dead. You can be full of the gifts on the inside. But until you activate and let it out, say, where do I let it out? Well, with your spouse. I know Michelle would appreciate Greg doing that. Lift your hands. I'm about to prophesy to you. God is going to put a spirit of love on you. 
Greg would like that a lot, wouldn't you, Greg? <laughs> and so would Sister Green. He, she would like for him to prophesy. He needs to prophesy to her. Amen. Glory to God. Yes, yes. Straighten up, I say unto thee. <laughs> You know, uh, you probably heard me say this. Permit me to say it once again. I, <clears throat> I grew up the pastor talking in tongues, talking in tongues a lot. I grew up kneeling by my father and hearing him sing in other tongues. And I think, man, how, how? I, I grew up hearing my mother in the front room of the house wrapped up in her big afghan. Big box of Kleenex. Praying in tongues. Praying in the Spirit. It's powerful. It's powerful. The Holy Spirit praying through us can change things that we don't know anything about. Amen? And I hungered for that, but I wasn't willing to, to subscribe to just say Jesus real fast until you stumble and say something odd and there you go. That's it, that's it. No, that's not it, that dummy. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I told the Holy Ghost, I said, you are intelligent. And I'm trying to be. So would you help me to understand how I received the Holy Ghost? I say by accident when I was nine years old. I spoke with tongues. And then I didn't speak again until I was in my mid-teens. And I didn't then until... I sequestered myself down at a little mission church that I mentioned this morning. I went down there. I took a cot with me. I got permission. I stayed in there. Jesus, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14. Paul said he spoke with tongues more than everyone. And Lord, you are not a respecter of persons. And so I want a piece of that action. Come on. And so I... I saturated myself in that. I saturated myself in the book of Acts. I saturated myself with the idea the, the, uh, that, yes, that, that tongues is for me. I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. I do that. The Holy Ghost doesn't do that. I do that. I have the choice of which to do. I'm about to preach myself happy. Anyway, so I begin to saturate, saturate. Sit on the pew a while. Kneel down a while. Hard floors. But I didn't care about hard floors. I cared about receiving what belonged to me in this book of benefits. Come on. This is a book of benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He told us to do that. I don't have to scrounge around and be a pseudo Humble and act like, well, whatever he wants to know. He said, you forget not my benefits. I heal your diseases. I crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. I forgive all your iniquities. So, I still didn't know what to do. And I still was not willing to say, Jesus, he just, he just he, 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 he. I wasn't willing to do that. 
And all of a sudden, there was an understanding. All of a sudden, there was volumes of tongues coming up from within me into my mind and into my mouth. And I would have preferred him to knock me down, make me pass out, and I come to speaking in tongues, you know, quite involuntarily. But he didn't do that for me. He said, you speak these words that are coming up out of the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of you. And so I was a little frightened and I kind of eased out there a little bit. And I let a few of them go. Jesus. Scary. But I was by myself. Eased on out there and a little more and a little more and a little more until today. I spend probably 80% of my prayer time in other tongues. Why? Because the Spirit maketh intercession for us according to the will of God. So I pray out things in the Spirit, glory to God, that are accomplished in the Spirit because I give my heart and my tongue to the Spirit. So, you know, I wanted the Lord to come to me and tell me about a gift. There was one old cowboy preacher at youth camp one time. He said, well, you preaching now? I said, I'm preaching now. He said, you got any signs in your ministry? Well, I had a big Bible case, if that meant anything. And I had see-through socks and sharp-pointed shoes, if that meant anything. But somehow down in my heart, I knew it. those three things didn't matter. I had a little bitty Bible and a big Bible case. You know, I was getting there. You know what I'm saying? And I kept it high under my arm and humped my back and kept my voice gravelly so I'd sound like I was a busy preacher. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And that cowboy provoked me. He made me mad at first. And I thought, well, that he doesn't know much. But I knew he was telling the truth. And so I went back and I said, well, Lord, you haven't spoken to me about uh, word of knowledge or word of wisdom or gifts of this, that, or the other. And so I, I went back to the book of benefits. And I read 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, covet to prophesy. Well, I had heard that done. Have any of you heard it done? Ooh, there's far too few respondents. And so I said, well, Lord, I don't know how this happens. Again, I don't know if ears wiggling or nose twitching, if that's what happens before you prophesy or what. I didn't know. <clears throat> and... So I began to saturate. I said, you said for me to covet to prophesy. I'm coveting. And that's just how I approach these things. I take his book of benefits before him and I open it up. And I point and I tell him, I'm coveting. I mean, literally, folks, 
I'm not. I'm not doing that. Because a lot of times that's, may I use the word? Stupid. We figure out how to hold a hallelujah so we can accomplish more in a, you know, in an hour. Hold it. He doesn't need that. In fact, he's asked me before, what are you doing? I said, I'm just praying like I heard people pray. So I, I, I'm coveting. And I remember kneeling down. I was preaching in Little Rock. And I knelt down by the bed, and I made a commitment. I can't recommend it to you, but I made it for me. And I said, Lord, I'll not speak to another living soul until you prophesy through me. And I had church that night. (laughs) So I knelt there for about six hours. I might have said hallelujah three or four times that afternoon. But to be quite honest with you, I felt something moving down in here. It was coming up. Didn't know quite what it was, so I got to church. And uh, they would greet me. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord, preacher. Good to have you. I'm not saying anything. So we got into worship. It neared the time that I was to preach. And I've made a commitment. I'm standing by her. And when the pastor said, come and take the service, I could not control what came out. The Holy Spirit speaking to that assembly. And I said, "Woo, I like this. It was not something that I worked up. It was not something I conjured up. It wasn't something that I imagined up. It was the Holy Spirit responding to me having saturated and then activating. Now, Pastor, I don't, I'm not trying to create problems for you the next few weeks, okay? You, you can throw water on it if you need to, okay? You see, easier to cool down a fanatic than it is warm up a corpse. And we got a few here tonight. So, just saying. And there have been times of guidance. I remember one time someone called me and said, Brother Ashcraft, I have a church just outside of Boston, and you say the word, you're the pastor. There's plenty of money in the bank, check. Young congregation, check. Remodeled building, check. And then the biggest check of all was that I love the East Coast. And, and, and specifically the northeastern coast. I just love it. Don't ask me why. I just do. If you've ever lived in Bay City, you could maybe understand. 
D, Greg, amen, amen. And so I had a problem. He gave me a deadline. He said, I need to know by thus and so day, and it was three or four days away. And I, I said, oh, oh, God. And I knew better to mention it to Wiki because she's going to ask me, what did the Lord say? And I hadn't heard from him at that time. She always bothered me. She wanted to know what the Lord said. Not what I said or what I felt or what I was dreaming. No, did the Lord say this? Kind of perturbed me. Just trust me. You know, I want to do this. You should follow. So, I I was at a, a pastor's house that day to get um, get some work done on my vehicle. And... I asked him, I said, may I go in your guest room? I need to pray. He said, go. So I went in there for an hour. Now, I know that guidance belongs to me. I know that the guide is on the inside of me, and then the word of the Lord is also there to help me. So I go in there, and I lay down on my face. And uh, I say, Lord, I need direction on this. But it's not just direction. You have to touch my wanter and turn it off too. Because I want this real bad. And so I prayed in tongues. I worshiped. I quoted the Bible to him. End of an hour, nothing. I get up, check on my friend. He said, I got some time to go. I said, I'm going back to pray. He said, fine. So I went in there. I got down on my face. I prayed in other tongues. I quoted the Bible. I worshiped the Lord and I thanked Him for guidance. End of the second hour, nothing. But you see, the difference is, is I knew that I was entitled to direction. I said I was entitled to direction and guidance. I was entitled to perceive and to understand, and only the Holy Ghost could make that happen for me. And so uh, we went and ate lunch, came back. He said, I got a little more work. I said, okay. Uh, may I go? Yeah, he said, you got, you, got, you got it, go. And so I went back in there, and I laid down on my face, and I prayed in other tongues, and I quoted the Bible, and I worshiped. I even tried to vary it, shake it up a little bit. End of the third hour, nothing. But I'm still convinced that guidance is mine. So by then he was through. I paid up, got in my car, had a two-hour drive home. And I got in the car, and I just kind of chuckled to myself. And I said, Lord, you know, I'm not going to give up that easy. And it's not like he's withholding this from me, all right? He's not, he's not mean in that regard. He was not withholding it, but the thickness of my operation here was blocking it. And I needed to kind of whittle that down. Fifteen minutes into the fourth hour, I'm driving. I tell him I'm not going to give up. I believe for understanding. Fifteen minutes, I could take you to the spot on the highway. All of a sudden, the download came. Just in a flash, just like that. He turned my Walter off and told me to stay where I was. I got my direction. 
And I thought you'd at least say woo-hoo or something. Thank you. That's in lieu of amen or glory to God or something along that line. Okay? So I'm telling you, this stuff works. And if you want it badly enough, if you're willing to contend with your flesh and contend with the devil, you can have anything that's found in the book of benefits. It is there. It is for you. He wants you to be guided. He wants you to have miracles. He wants you to have the Holy Ghost. He wants you to be full of the Spirit all of the time. That'd be enough, won't it? 36 minutes. Turn my clock off. Go for another 15 or 20. Not really. Let's stand together. Too much of the time, we, we think we have to preach until everybody's falling over in the floor, and weeping. My deal is this. Just let me go do it. I don't need you to come down here and cry. What's the point? I've seen them cry all my life and then go do what they want to do. Amen? So all we need to do, get the book of benefits, find out what's troubling you. Hey, hey, go do it. Saturate, activate. Saturate, activate. Can we say it together? Saturate, activate. Saturate, activate. Cheerleaders. Saturate. Wave your palm. Saturate, activate. Isn't that right? And anything that's in here will come to you. Don't give up. Don't back down. I was raised on that. Brother Marvin Cole was indefatigable about things like this. And I can hear him now. Now, Lord, you know I'm not about to turn loose of this. He had a soft and tender voice. But he had a heart that was strong. Contend for the faith. Pentecost. Hear me. In probably one generation, we will only wear the tag of Pentecost. In 25 years of field ministry, I can count on one hand the churches that I ever heard a tongue and interpretation of the simple gift of prophecy. That's a warning signal. And forget about miracles. No, nobody, well, you know, if the Lord wants to do it, well, he can when he wants to. No, 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 no. I have to saturate and have to activate. And you can do it for yourself. Come on. I, I, I do close with this. I heard a fellow say the other day. Now, I have two more things to tell you. I'm sorry. Um. This fellow had a tumor come upon his neck. So he came down for prayer. And the Bible says, casting all you care upon him, for he careth for you. 
So nothing happened while the, or it didn't seem like anything happened while he was prayed for. For several weeks after that, people would come and say, what is that on your neck? He said, it's Jesus' tumor. And they said, Jesus' tumor? Yeah, he said, I gave it to him. And he said, one day, it disappeared. Then why are you cripping like that? Jesus arthritis. Come on. Amen. Jesus heart trouble. The other, the other thing, and I intend to tell you in the bulk of what I was trying to say tonight, is that uh, years ago I was invited to a independent Pentecostal uh, conference that was the, the the pastor is is a is is somewhat of a noted prophet, and so we got there, and you know in our circles, I mean, if you're going to prophesy tongue interpretation, you kind of got to start breathing deep. I call it getting humped up. It's like lifting weights. Got ready for that minute when the pastor just gets quiet for just a second. And here I go. And that's all I had ever seen or known. And so I go into this, this place. And so he talked for a few minutes. I'm talking like 10 minutes. And he said, now... We're going to rise, and every other row is going to turn around to the one behind you. And we're going to pray in the Spirit for 30 seconds, and then we're going to be quiet for 30 seconds, and then you're going to share with the person that you are facing. I said, oh, Jesus. And had another UPC buddy with me. We just kind of glanced at other. Oh, Jesus. We hadn't fasted, and we hadn't humped. So how in the world is anything going to happen? Maybe I should leave and come back after I fasted and got humped up. Gail, you know it's true. You ought to pray through and do it. Amen. Praise God. Ain't that the truth? So I was facing a lady. So we prayed for 30 seconds in other tongues, and then we got silent for, for 30 seconds, and then he said, okay, share with the person that you're facing the pictures, the words that you see that pertain to them. Being the gentleman that I am, I told her, ladies first. I'd never seen her in my life. She opened and read my mail. And I was all teared up. I said, my God, this is, this is amazing. And then it was my turn. Well, while she was speaking to me, inside... Pictures, words were coming up inside of me. And I took her by the hands and I began to tell her what I was seeing. 
I'm getting great looks of disbelief. And tears began to pour down her face. And she said, oh my God. If I didn't know better, I'd think that you had been at my house and knew everything about me. Come on. And we did that several times during the week. And, you know, I was pretty comfy being a prophet by the end of the week, you know. (laughs) Waiting on phone calls, you understand? And since then, from time to time, happens again. Happens again. Come on. One day a pastor said, call me up. I'd left their church. And he called me up and said, sister so-and-so in the church did not have a chance to get prayed for. And she was wondering if you could give her an answer. I said, let's see. Well, he said she is contemplating quitting her job and going with this grant and studying so she can get a higher paying job. What should she do? I had one eye on heaven and one on earth. All of a sudden, I see those textbooks and every page was money. And I said, all I can say is that this is what I see. I said, every page of the textbook is money. He said, I'll tell her. She quit her job based on that. And money flowed into her house. Come on. How would you like to do that? Going down the grocery store. Ma'am, I don't know why I say this to you, but I just... Are you having some trouble with your children? Are you, is your marriage in trouble? How did you know? How did you? Well, I just, you know, you don't have to say, I'm a prophetess from greater life and I minister to people in grocery stores. You don't have to do that. (laughs) Just, you know, I'm just Lindy Lou and I love the Lord and he said something to me, I think. Come on. How many, how many would like to branch out? Folks, this is the time. That same prophet said, incidentally, he said, the Lord said to him that this year he is going to come in about six months and he is going to check the accounts of the believers and see how many have been doing all that they can do with what he's given them. And if he finds those that are doing everything they can with what he's given them, the angels are going to come and start passing out greater assignments and greater anointings. I am busy right now. I am going to be doing everything I can. Is there anybody that wants to join me down here? Come on. You want this? You got to have it. You can't resist it. You got to have it. Come on. I just gave you how simple it is. Saturate. Activate. And Father, you see every one of these wonderful children of yours that have the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. And as you declared to me, I have given to them two easy keys. Glory to God. Glory to God for guidance for spiritual prowess, for giftedness, Lord, in the name 
of Jesus. Satan, take your hand off of them. No more interdiction. No more hindrance. Let it come as they desire. Let them receive it in its fullness. In the name of Jesus. Guidance on every level. Glory to God. The fruit of the Spirit flowing. The gifts of the Spirit in operation. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Okay. I think you've had enough time to tell him that's what you want. You've agreed. You agreed with what I said tonight. So let's rejoice in the Lord. Can we sing a nice, easy, simple song of thanksgiving? Upbeat. Glory to God. Come on, get with it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, everybody. Let's thank the Lord together right now. Oh,